Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Support for the Pop Shop Podcast comes from Audible. Featuring more than 180,000 titles, including the latest releases, bestsellers, romances, thrillers, and lots more, Audible is the world's leading source of audiobooks. Start your 30-day free trial with a free audiobook on audible.com slash billboard. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard.com Pop Shop Podcast. My name is Keith Caulfield, and I am the co-director of charts at Billboard. Joining me is Billboard.com senior editor Katie Atkinson. Hi, Katie. Hi, Keith. We're only a few days before Christmas. Oh, my goodness. It's the final Pop Shop. It's the final Pop Shop. (laughs) Jingle, 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 jingle. Um, It's actually a very special edition of the Pop Shop podcast it's an ask the pop shop edition of the pop shop podcast where we are answering your questions uh katie and i asked folks on twitter if you had questions and uh we asked you to submit questions using the hashtag ask the pop shop and you know you don't have to just use that when we ask you to you can always ask the pop shop hashtag ask the pop shop year round yes that's actually just ask, hashtag ask the pop shop that year round part was that's a, that's a second word that's a second phrase outside of the hashtag outside of the hashtag please <laughs> and we won't be able to find it um well as always that the billboard pop shop podcast which is presented by audible this week is your one-stop shop for all things pop on billboards weekly charts um normally uh, you can uh, uh hear us talking about the charts each week but this week of course as we said it's a special ask the pop shop edition so it's all going to be uh basically questions from you guys about the charts so democratic we're just letting the people take control on this one um in addition we actually have two guest interviews this week um one with pop star andy grammar who Who is a delight he's lovely he came into the office last week and uh, katie and i spoke to him here live in front of us, in front of our faces. And if you have if you have a TV, you've seen Andy Grammer on it at some point in the last couple yes. of months because he was on the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He was on the Rockefeller Center tree lighting. He's going to be on the New Year's. Uh, Rock and Eve. Yeah, Rock and Eve. So he's uh, he's everywhere right now having a moment. And also he had a big hit single with Honey, I'm Good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, an anthem to uh, staying true to your love mm-hmm. honey i'm good <laughs> I'm, I'm good, good. <laughs> i'm good it's all right um and we also actually have a guest interview with charlie harding of the switched on pop podcast it's it's we we've had a, a we, we welcomed a we it's a podcast interview in a podcast yes podcast within a podcast <laughs> um you know pre- previous guests in the show have included you know like bloggers like uh, uh sam sam lansky and who a writer you know who you know writes for time and also is a taylor swift geek um, and we've had um, social media stars, social media stars like Connor Franta mm-hmm. and Tyler Oakley. And this week we're welcoming a a another pop podcast uh, brethren. It kind of fits in well with our Ask the Pop Shop theme because we kind of asked him because he is a songwriter and his co-host is a musicologist. We asked them to kind of look at the year in pop and yes, break so yes. it down we very asked- Technically, Charlie Harding of Switched on Pop. Yes. So Charlie came in and, and we kind of broke down the year in pop a little more scientifically. Like we we look at the charts and popularity and sales. They look at, you know, chord structure and BPM and, you know, the technical side of things. So it was really cool to be able to ask him kind of, you know, the the deeper side of pop music. I love that stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I say I'm that. I'm sad you weren't here for this interview because you, I think, would have had maybe <laughs> some brighter uh, questions to ask than I did. I was just trying to keep up. So... Um, I, I always love when people like analyze uh, billboards, charts. Uh, there was a great, great story on NPR like a year or two ago. And we actually kind of addressed this in the Andy Grammer interview. Um, but I always love it when people analyze our charts to get things from it that we wouldn't see. Right. Like, you know, how many beats per minute did did mo- the songs that reached the top 40 in a particular year, how 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 many were there compared to ten years ago? Oh well, you're gonna love this because oh. he compares this year to last year. Oh. so hmm. you're you're gonna really enjoy Charlie's uh, chat. 
Well, uh, let's get to the Ask the Pop Shop portion of the show. Um, we're not going to be talking about this week's events. Uh, we're going to be talking about just uh, questions from you guys. And uh, we'll be back in actually uh, two weeks. So uh, hang on to this podcast for the next two weeks and listen to it repeatedly. We'll be back in 2016. When you're, when you, if, if you have that time off between Christmas and New Year's, just listen to this over and over. <laughs> the, the dulcet tones. Nothing weird about that. Nothing, nothing creepy about that. Um, well, I'll ask uh, the first question. It's from Connor Woodham at Connor Woodham. I, pronou- I, I apologize, Connor, if I'm pronouncing your name wrong. Uh, Connor asks, all I want for Christmas is you. Is Mariah's, is it Mariah's best charting single? And what about the song has given it such longevity? Um, I asked him to clarify this. He later clarified that he meant, is it Mariah's longest charting single on the Hot 100 uh, by weeks? And actually, that's We Belong Together. Oh, uh, interesting. I see. So not like highest charting, but longest charting. Right. Got and it. I, and I think he probably meant like, is this the only one of her songs that has come back like in such a sort of extended amount of like, like time, like years. So, but if you add all the weeks together, it's still We Belong Together. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like All I Want For Christmas Is You will come back for like maybe three weeks every year. Right. And that's not really. So eventually. Eventually. Mariah's like 90 years old and it tacks enough weeks together. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Mariah Carey Christmas special <laughs> when she's 90. Mm. I'd watch. <laughs> Still hitting those notes. Um, we Belong Together, actually. It's her longest charting single in terms of just sheer weeks. It spent 43 weeks on the chart. Um, and as we just said, you know, All I Want for Christmas as You has a very unique charting history as it continually surges in popularity each year. Um, in the weekend, December 13th, for example, it was played on 367 monitored U.S. radio stations and was among the top 50 most heard songs in the country. It'll be like a really popular airplay hit for like three or four weeks, and then it'll whoosh. On these stations that turn to all holiday music or, or just pop stations. Just pop stations. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you could probably hear it on like your local top 40 radio Absolutely. station. Absolutely. It's definitely on Kiss out here in yeah. L.A. Um Here's a number three that both of us could probably answer a little bit. Uh, Jerome Graham at Jerome Graham uh, asks, what do you guys think of Kylie Minogue's Christmas album? Well, well Keith's a big fan. I am a fan. Um, I have some notes about it. Yes. <laughs> let's, let's talk. Well, um, well, on the album, it's, it's, she, has, she has some standards. Um, and she's really one of the only like sort of big named people to put out a Christmas album this year. Yeah, it's been a quiet holiday release year. Yeah, not a whole lot of Christmas. It's sad. Music. I love Christmas music. Yeah, we, we we there's a question about that coming up later, and we'll we'll get to that in a second. Um, so she's one of the few sort of big significant pop stars to put out an album, a Christmas album this year. So she has a selection of standards plus some new material. She duets with Frank Sinatra on Santa Claus is Coming to Town, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. She covers The Waitress's Christmas Wrapping with Iggy Pop. Yeah, that this, full disclosure, that's the only song from this album that I have heard, but it's awesome. Yeah. So that, that definitely worth checking out. Um, and she covers Yaz's Only You and makes it a holiday song. That's really fun. I like that idea. And she duets with James Corden on it also super fun right um uh i think one of the the the, that's a great song and the covers are great of you know the waitress i really like i'm gonna be warm this winter it's a song that was probably most familiar by the connie francis version kylie does a really cute job and uh among the originals are a song called every day is like christmas Written by Coldplay's Chris Martin. Oh, there he is. There's there he, Coldplay. There's Coldplay. <laughs> Couldn't go a week without Coldplay. Um, and it was produced by Stargate. Um, uh, it's an okay song. Okay. It's all right. <laughs> it's not like, you know, blow the roof off. Well, Stargate worked for the first time with Coldplay on this uh, most recent album. So they're like, hey, Dreams. Coldplay, while you're let's working just, on... While you're in the studio with us, let's can, keep going. Can we bang out a Christmas song for yeah. Kylie? Yeah. She's probably next door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> probably. Um, I liked... Uh, there's a, a song that I really like on the album. It's actually only on the deluxe version of the album. It's called 100 Degrees. It's a disco club banger Christmas duet. <laughs> Christmas club banger. A Christmas club banger. Because <laughs> those are the that. best kind. I love that. Uh, with her sister, Danny Minogue. Uh, Danny and Kylie are both pop singers, and Danny's had her fair share of success. Um, Although Danny's most familiar as an X Factor judge, right? Yeah, now she is. She's yeah. most familiar as an X Factor judge in she like two Americans. I two say. Americans. <laughs> she was an X Factor judge in the UK, and then she is an X Factor judge now in Australia. Australia, okay. Um, where Kylie and Danny are both from, and this song is actually kind of inspired by how they were children, and in 
you know, Christmas time in Australia, it's summer. Oh, that's so funny. So it could be like 100 degrees outside, oh, but it's still Christmas. Look at that. And so it's like this total throwback disco track, and it's a lot of fun. That is super fun. Um, so that's why I have to think about Kylie's Christmas album. Are there other disco Christmas songs, Keith, that you can think of off the top of your head? Because I kind of love that as a new genre. <laughs> didn't didn't Christina Aguilera do um, a Christmassy song that was kind of like like a New Year's Eve or a Christmassy? I remember. Oh, her she having... did. It was it was a uh, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Oh, I do remember that. And it was like a nut, like dancey version. It was a dancey version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There may have been like remixes or something. Do a disco Christmas album. That'd be really fun. Like a like. Well, it's got two contenders for it. Well, Lady Gaga did a Christmas EP, but that was more of a jazz. Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need a disco kind of Christmas. Disco Christmas. Disco Christmas. <laughs> if, if if you're listening to this, tweet us now, um, and, and tell us. If there is an essential like collection of disco Christmas songs, yes, because yeah. we need to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> so please tell us. Um, number four is a question that I think either Katie or I can handle. It's from Ben Farnham, um, at Ben Farnham. Uh, what do you think, or what year do you think we will finally get an Adele Christmas album? I think that he's going for a year, and I like. I feel like we should both put a year out there and check back in. <laughs> All right. Even if it's like a ludicrous year. Um, oh, to, you should make your point first of all, though. Okay. About well, my point is that she probably won't get around to doing one for a very long time. Um, Christmas albums are, are, you know, they're they're released for various reasons. Oftentimes, it's perceived as sort of a cash-in opportunity or a stopgap between projects. Um, but Adele doesn't just need to do it at all she doesn't yeah. need to make a christmas album and she can afford to just not ever do one um so she might be harboring like secret desires to make one for all we know i mean i think i, I think when kelly clarkson released her christmas album she was like oh my god i love christmas yeah. music. like she's just like a geek about it and she really wanted to do one totally i mean you know if you're say in sync and you know you're in the middle of like boy band ascension then and, you make Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. You're Merry not going to sing along Merry Christmas. That's a classic. It's a classic Christmas album. It's me doing Timberlake, <laughs> doing Bear Gibb. Uh. It doesn't sound like that. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it at all. That just sounds like me doing a sheep. My, my, my. Jingle bells. So I'll stop. Um, <laughs> so we should we should determine uh, a year for Adele's album. I'm going 2041. <laughs> Not quite 30 years from now. Yeah. So this year is 2015. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will go with. Let's just go with a good 2035. Okay, a little earlier. So um, check back with us. <laughs> In uh, 20 years. It's going to be like the uh, 1900th Pop Shop episode. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll be recording this uh, from a space station (laughs) on our our hoverboard. (laughs) Um, Oh, man. Next question is from Everclare uh, at... Claire. Claire. I really like that. That's cute. (laughs) Um, Predictions for what Zayn Malik's solo career will be like Zane, of course uh, is the member of one direction who departed the group earlier this year do you think he'll tour right away hmm. i i think the answer to that is no i think that he'll put out music and figure out what his fan base is before he tours don't you think yeah i'm because you know who are your fans yeah um and i think it was the same you know the same thing that happened with justin timberlake when he put out his first music after the group it's like do you only court your fans from in sync yeah or how do you try to convince people that you can be a legitimate pop star as a soloist and i really remember that time period well because nick carter from backstreet boys had already put out a solo single i think before justin timberlake went solo and it didn't really do anything and i was like oh mm. justin like is he gonna be able to do it like and obviously there are, you know are famous examples of people being able to do it if you wanted to consider like michael jackson for instance 
But, like, there are also a lot of famous examples of people not being able to do it. But Justin, like, he just came out with really cool music, which actually I think is kind of the direction Zane wants to go, where, like, it's not going to be One Direction music. It's no. going to – he thinks of himself in more of, like, an indie mentality. Like and, indie R&B-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. R&B, like, almost like Frank Ocean music or something as opposed to what he came from. And I think that – Justin's music, while it was still poppy, it was it was a little bit cooler and edgier than anything he did with NSYNC, and I feel like Zayn's trying to kind of repeat that. Yeah. And Justin didn't tour right away by himself. He um, put out the music first. Yeah, well, I, I think that probably his first proper solo tour, was it, do you think, the, the Justified and Stripped tour with, that with was Christina the, Aguilera? Yeah, absolutely, because that was the... The Justified yep, album. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Man, imagine, man, that would be, can you imagine that? Like I, I'm sure at the time it was a huge deal for like Christina and Justin to go on the road together. Yeah. Um, I didn't see that show. Um, next question uh, from Gabe Boyd, simple at Gabe Boyd. Uh, to me, Carly Rae Jepsen's "Emotion" is one of the best pop albums in years. Do you agree? Why no Grammy love? It was not nominated for any Grammys this year. Carly Rae was not nominated. Um, have you listened to the album? Kate? I have. Uh, so have I. And actually, Billboard.com just put out their top 25 albums of 2015. Where and does it, it rank? The critics' picks, and we have Carly Rae Jepsen in our top 25. I actually think it's in like our top 20. I can't remember the exact number, but um, definitely one that's appreciated at Billboard um, as much as Gabe appreciates it. And you know, once again, like, why no Grammy love? Who knows? Like, it didn't connect with those specific people who are voting. Yeah. I, I think it's a good album. And I think perhaps it was, um, you know, it's kind of, because it has kind of like this throwback vibe to it, I think, to a degree. Mm-hmm. And I think perhaps, um, you know, in the throwback sweepstakes, perhaps Taylor Swift's 1989 kind of like overshadowed Carly Rae. That's fair. And I think, you know, it's it's hard to get past the concept of Carly Rae as a, one and a half hit wonder. Right. Um, you know, because she had a good time, you know, but that came after Call Me Maybe. And I, but I mean, you know, they're, they're, I think they're, I think they're doing the best that they can. And I think they're doing something smart where they're, they're keeping her going, having her doing, having her make really solid music. Mm-hmm. And she's going to, you know, I think there's going to be people that will keep the faith and keep her career going. Yeah. And she may not, you know, be, immediately a huge star but if she can if she keeps making great music she'll be respected and yes. therefore still invited places and therefore still around <laughs> yeah i think i think it's i think she's going to be okay i just think you know you know let's you know make sure that you know her label you know doesn't let her go and blah blah right, blah like right. the, but she you know you are not the first person uh gabe to tell me that she has an amazing album i think Everything I've heard about this is that it's a stellar pop album. Yep. Um, it's worth checking out. So if you haven't listened to it yet, you know, perhaps you can uh, uh, pick it up, uh, you know, with your uh, Christmas uh, stocking stuffer money. <laughs> um, last question. Oh, well, actually, there's two more questions, Katie. Uh, you can take them both if you'd like. Okay. The next one is from um, Andrew Batts at Andrew Batts. Um, he says, who decides which artists are featured in a song and who is listed as artists? Well, another complicated one. Yeah, there's no real simple answer for this. This is this is the question of, you know, when something is billed as on our charts or like on iTunes where you see where it says for like the song Bang Bang, for example, that was credited to Jesse J, comma Ariana Grande, comma Nicki Minaj or and Nicki Minaj. They all had equal billing. Or you have a song like um See You Again by Wiz Khalifa, mm-hmm. which is Wiz Khalifa featuring, featuring Charlie Puth. And there was a little drums earlier this year when there was Iggy Azalea and Britney Spears' Pretty Girls. It, it started out as Britney Spears featuring. featuring Iggy Azalea and then got switched to Britney Spears and Iggy Azalea to get that co-credit. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no simple answer. I think a lot of it has to do with um, artists, representatives, um, management, um, negotiating with one another about mm-hmm. the credits. Um, if you are an artist of a certain kind of caliber or of a certain level, you could probably negotiate a more equal billing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that is that. That's probably why Bang Bang was. Yeah, and also when you listen to Bang Bang, it is three women that each have their own verse. Right. Um, so that's you know different. That's collaborative. There's also the idea of 
if an artist has a complete song and then goes out seeking a feature, like looking for that rap verse or whatever, then that's very probably, clearly a yeah, feature. Yeah. Um, so you know, really, it's 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 up to the 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 two different artist camps. Um, you know, and you know, back in the day, it wasn't always common that you would actually get a featured artist credit. Right. Um, you know, there are wonderful examples. Um, you know, in the '80s and the '90s, it, literally off the top of my head, I'm just thinking I go to the Madonna well because it's easy. Mm-hmm. You know, Madonna's "Take a Bow," which was a huge number one hit. All of its backing vocals were, you know, throughout Babyface. Yeah, and he's he's the the counter uh, vocal. I've always been in love with you, with you. Like he's the one singing in the background. He produced the song and he wrote the song with Madonna. But he wasn't credited as, you know, Madonna featuring Babyface. Right. Which he easily could have been, and it could have enhanced, like, the the sort of star appeal of the song. But, you know, it wasn't. In the 80s, uh, there was a great example, um, uh, Higher Love by uh, Steve Winwood. Mm-hmm. Um, that, bring me a higher yeah. love. <laughs> That's Shaka Khan. Which is, like, the important piece of that song. Yeah. and like a, <laughs> it's what you remember. Uh, Nile Rodgers plays guitar on the song. Wow. So, like, it could have easily been Steve Winwood featuring, featuring Shaka Khan. How about Groove is in the Heart, which had one of the earliest, like, rap features ever. Q-Tip. Q-Tip. Not, Bootsy Collins. It was, it was just it. a delight song. Yeah. Yeah, Bootsy Collins, too. Yep. So, um, today it's more common that artists are featured or with or ampersand or slashed or whatever. Um, but it really depends on the nego- negotiations between the artist camps, the labels, lawyers. Um, and as we've seen, as Katie pointed out, sometimes those those uh, those credits change midstream. Yep. Really quickly. <laughs> um, and uh, last question. It's actually about someone we just talked about, uh, Katie. Oh, yes. Take the last um, question. This is from Adam Price, which is uh, Twitter handle at AdamPrice04. Do you think Iggy can make any sort of comeback with her new album? Um, Iggy Azalea, meaning. Yeah. Yes, which um, she actually got on Twitter uh, and and just talked about what's going to happen. It sounded like her album's kind of in limbo right now. Um, she's dealing with, you know, label politics, etc. But it kind of sounded like she had an album ready to go. Huh. Um, so it's very possible we'll see it in 2016. I think all she needs is one fancy level awesome track and she'll be right back in Radio's Good Graces. You all know? it takes is a hit. All it takes is a hit. And if the music isn't up to snuff, then people are going to blame it on, you know, uh, people not liking her as much anymore or whatever. But it just needs to be a good song. And then no one will care about any of the, you know, Twitter beefs she's had or anything else, you know? So, yes, yes. is the answer. I 100% think that she can come back. Um, Well, that is the end of that. That concludes our Ask the Pop Shop questions this time around thank you everyone for submitting your questions we really appreciated them and um, we appreciated the thoughtful questions and uh we will see you hopefully again soon for another round of yes. ask the pop shop and also you can ask us anytime you want anytime anytime um and now a word from our sponsor audible when i listen to audible i'm not flying to my third sales meeting this month i'm on a romantic date with my vampire boyfriend pierre that pale skin those dark mysterious eyes and those pointy teeth take me away pierre ma'am i want to become queen of the night ma'am something to drink water please audible stories that surround you more than 180,000 audio titles and your first download is free at audible.com which interview should we do first well let's go with our ask the pop shop guest <laughs> which is charlie harding because we're going to ask him um, some very technical, scientific, um, music geeky questions. He is the co-host of Switched on Pop, which is a fellow podcast that you can check out. Um, and we really kind of got deep with him. He made a little chart and everything, breaking down the year in pop, um, breaking down the number one hits on the Billboard Hot 100, and just really taking a closer look at the science of pop in 2015. Man, I really should have been here for this. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can listen now, Keith, with all of our listeners. Um, I think Chart is, Geeks are really going to like this. Yeah, absolutely. This is our interview with uh, with Charlie Harding from Switched on Pop. Hello, Charlie, and welcome to the Pop Shop Podcast. Thanks for having me. Of course. And, uh, you know, you're visiting us today from another show in the world of podcasts called Switched on Pop. Yeah. And uh, you co-host with musicologist Nate Sloan, and you're a songwriter, so you guys are kind of coming from 
the music fan perspective as well as having the technical side of things. Definitely. Um, can you give our listeners a little background on on your show for the uninitiated? Our show, Switched on Pop, is a podcast that is really all about looking at the world of pop music with the emphasis on the music, not so much on the pop piece yeah. of it. So um, where a lot of uh, publications do a really good job of covering the entire ecosystem, we really want to go in to figure out what is great about the music. Yeah. And so we bring that sort of a lens. So uh, Nate, as a musicologist, me as a songwriter, really our goal is to help people listen more deeply to the things that are all around them all the time. Yeah, totally. So that's and what we're all about. I've been catching up on your podcast, um, and it totally does all of that. It makes you really look at these pop songs, not from the surface level, just of like, oh, I, I dig that, but you sort of like figure out why you like it. Yeah. And that's why we've asked you in today, actually, because we kind of want to break down the year in pop sure. for our year-end episode. And we talk a lot on our show about um, what's on the Billboard charts and, and what's popular, what's connecting with listeners. Mm-hmm. But we're hoping you can kind of give us a little perspective on on the why. So in general, what are some trends that you guys have noticed in 2015? Ooh, some trends. Okay. Lots, <laughs> lots of stuff. I've, I've prepared a little bit. Um, both. <laughs> He's <of> got my, <laughs> charts. <laughs> I've got charts. My analytical mind as well as my artistic mind. Um so the first thing that's happening, the most obvious trend, is a real turnover in the charts. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, you all know this. The yeah. only number one chart topper from 2014 carrying into 2015 is Taylor Swift's album. Yes. So we have a whole set of new folks, new fresh faces. Yeah. Um, that sort of retro R&B sound of Megan Trainer and so on, mm-hmm. kind of gone. And I'm also really happy to announce that the country EDM sound of, tim- of Timber has also <laughs> yes. left the charts. Um, and in its place, I'm hearing a lot more funk and some of that 80s Michael Jackson from The Weeknd and from um, Mark Ronson. Totally. Um, the, the sort of – I heard three big musical trends going on. So the first one was the big bass. Yeah. There are a ton of songs on the charts right now where there's just this sort of big, thick slug of a bass line. Um, so songs like Blank Space, The Hills by The Weeknd, Bad Blood also by Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. These songs have these just sort of like thick, long, sluggish bass lines, slower tempos, and uh, some really um, – and, and, and big drums that sort of counteract that. Uh, that slug bass sound. Yeah. So the, the, the bass, I think, is taking a, a new sound. We're seeing sort of a breakdown of typical pop song structures. Mm-hmm. And what I heard a lot this year were vamp bass songs. So rather than having your like A part, B part, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, verse, chorus... We were hearing a lot more of a single vamp that carries all the way through a song and um, it never stops. But mm-hmm. the singer is singing sort of different melodies on top of that vamp. So some great examples. You have OMI's Cheerleader, Uptown Funk, um, Can't Feel My Face. Yeah. All these songs are basically a single vamp that goes on and on and on. Um, and it's a really cool songwriting challenge mm. to have one sort of musical element and to keep it fresh for an entire song. Yeah. Um, some other favorites, not all of them were, were number ones, was uh, Alicia Cara's hit, mm-hmm. which I thought was great, and uh, and Same Old Love by Selena I was going to say Selena definitely right. had that this year for sure. Yeah. So, and yeah. also with the – you were mentioning The weekend and Taylor's songs in the same breath, which makes me think of Max Martin. Yes. Do you think that he has a lot to do with that, the kind of like bass-heavy oh. – you know, <laughs> it's an interesting question because if you go back to sort of uh, the heyday of Max Martin when mm-hmm. he started, and he was doing In Sync and Backstreet Boys right. and Britney Spears and those songs, his um, one of the things I think he's really known for is complex chordal progressions. So for Max Martin to be um, losing some of the, the chord progressions and going to sort of simpler structures where he's more focused on melody or focused on the timbre of the song and the rhythm, but not so much on those constantly changing chords. Yeah, I think that's a real shift for yeah. him. And so you, you hear that on Blank Space. You also hear it on um, on I Can't Feel My Face, which mm-hmm. is one of those vamp songs that he also wrote. Yep. And so he's losing all those crazy chord changes for, um, yeah, sort of new, more modern sound. Look at Max, just keeping <laughs> up with the times. Right. It's kind of insane, actually. How you, you guys have a podcast on that, too. Yeah. Like how Max Martin has just kind of managed to dominate pop music for longer than everyone but the Beatles, basically. He's a brilliant songwriter. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I'm actually really happy to see some of the um, 
some sh- some of the shifts away from 2014 where there were a couple songs on there that I just felt like should not be on the charts. Right. And I'd <laughs> tip, uh, particularly songs that, about non-consensual relationships oh, that fair. I f- found to be just kind of backwards for where uh, we are today. Yeah. And so I'm not going to call out particular names. That was the scary names. trend of 2014. Yeah, what was the deal with that? And so I was excited to hear maybe some more um, self-affirming songs like Uptown Funk. Yeah. I was very excited about the Mark Ronson album. So, totally. Yeah, I mean, it was on the charts for, what, 12 weeks, I think? Yeah, no, and it was And maybe we're all sick of it, but that album was astounding, and that single is great. Yeah. I think there's a lot of consolidation. I mean, if you look at, you mentioned Max Martin, the fact that he's written multiple of the song, number one songs this year, as he did last year. So yeah. there is some continuity, and uh, there's some consolidation of, of mega hits. Yeah. I, I was looking at the... Um, yeah, the, the the length of hits from this year to last year, mm-hmm. and this year the staying power of songs is much much longer. Yeah. So the songs that were on the charts charted longer this year than they did last year. It's so interesting. It seems like our attention span would just get shorter, <laughs> like the, with streaming and everything. But not with Uptown Funk. I guess uh, not I with Uptown Funk. <laughs> and I mean, also to look at this. Actually, let's just give the people sure. the number ones here. Yeah. Um, in chronological order, we had Taylor Swift with Blank Space, Mark Ronson and Bruno Mars with Uptown Funk. Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth with See You Again, Taylor Swift with Bad Blood, Omi with Cheerleader, The Weeknd with Can't Feel My Face, Justin Bieber, What Do You Mean, The Weeknd Again with The Hills, and Adele with Hello, which seems like that's not quitting no. by the end of the year. So no. um, there were only those nine songs right. over 52 weeks. And, you know, aside from having a couple of repeat artists in there, Taylor Swift and The Weeknd, you kind of broke it down by the numbers with these number one songs. Right. So what are some what are some trends you saw with those numbers for all of these these nine number ones. I got super geeky here. So <laughs> I like really got into uh, looking at what is the BPM every song? What is the key? What is the, is it major or minor? How long did it chart? So I kind of made this big ridiculous spreadsheet completely unnecessary. Billboard loves charts. So bring <laughs> bring us extra charts. We love it. Uh, so this is my way of figuring out what were the, some of the mega trends. So I actually found some really interesting stuff. Um, the first was that this year was much slower than mm. last year. So last year, the average BPM of the of the number one hits was 122, which is about 120 is your like standard pop song fits right there. In fact, when you open up most um, recording software, it just starts you right at 120. Okay. Right? So 122 <laughs> is like the pretty average. This year, we were at 94. Oh, my. Yeah. So like re- and particularly dragged down by <laughs> The weekend, The Hills, which I think was uh, BPM was 57 beats per oh, minute. Oh wow. So a lot of a lot of slower tunes yeah. on the radio this year. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, there were a lot more minor songs last year and many more and more major songs this year. So I think last year um, we had six minor songs and four major songs and this year it's actually almost inverted. We had six major songs and three minor songs. Okay. So we're happier, but taking it slow. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. It's basically like the beat is dictating the sadness of a song instead of the chord yeah, this year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so th- I th- those were some interesting numbers that I that I was able to pick out. That's that's very interesting. I mean, and especially when you look at this list, and it, it really is weird. Like to think that you could find any sort of you know uh, common bond between them is it's kind of well, difficult. There's probably <laughs> there's probably one other which which is worth uh, mentioning, which is the um, which sort of genre has the most staying power. Right. So, you know, we're talking about popular music, and I, I basically divided things up between sort of pop, R&B, hip-hop, and reggae, because there, re- there was a reggae song, actually. In, Omi. Uh, yeah. With Omi, and, yeah. And, la- and last year as well with Rude. I mean, oh, yeah, that's interesting. We reggae. love our one reggae hit a year yeah, in America. Right, exactly. <laughs> so um, R&B has much longer staying power okay. than any other genre, which hmm. I also thought was interesting. That's so maybe totally interesting. So maybe want that rhythm. Right? Yeah, like yeah. Some, something that we're going to be keep being able to dance to yeah and we're talking about number ones a lot but there's a really important song that was kind of kept from number one this mm. year and you guys had a podcast on it um hotline bling which oh, was a gigantic a song. song yeah and drake is actually he's had a number one before but it was as a feature on rihanna's what's my name he's right. never had that solo number one and he was like gunning for it <laughs> this year and like just left out but like i feel like when you look back at 2015 hotline bling is going to be remembered even though it's not in this you know oh, nine sure. number one list yeah and hotline bling sort of bucks all the trends of of your average song I know when that line bling. That can only mean one thing. 
just really strange uh, uh, muted sample in the background, which um, has a just bizarre um, uh, uh, carnival sound because that's what I think of <laughs> whenever I hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Um, it, a merry-go-round I, I, or something. We, we, we did a really fun show, not just about about Drake's Hotline Bling, but also Adele's Hello. Yeah. And the amazing parallels between the two, everything from the sort of phones, just phones, phones phones to start. We actually (laughs) imagined what would happen if they were talking to each other on either end of the phone. I think they've agreed to do a uh, collaboration or at least the rumors have said. Okay, we need that. Um, So anyways, there's a lot of fun stuff in that episode. Probably worth checking out. Absolutely. Sorry for the shameless plug. Yeah, no, no, it's all good. It's some podcast cross promo. I like it. Yeah. Um, So, Charlie, thank you so much for making all of these charts and, and joining us and um, is there anything else that you really think stuck out in 2015 that our listeners should uh, should glom onto or did we pretty much cover it? Well, my absolute favorite trio of songs were Justin Bieber's hits from this year. Oh yeah, and so we did all we talked a lot about <laughs> these songs. Um, Where are you now? What do you mean? And sorry, and we we joked that these are his existential suite. <laughs> Where he's yes. making he's making amends with his earlier um, pers- persona. The titles alone, if you just looked at those, you'd think like something's going on with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right no, now. we actually we actually um, <laughs> so these songs are, are are wonderful. We call them a suite because they have these incredible incredible compositional elements that are common throughout. Um, they start with this sort of plodding piano. They have this weird synth high this, this sort of high synth sound. That, uh, that that goes through all three of them. Uh, they have these uh, sort of ambiguous chordal progressions, and um, and in all three of them, he's asking these sort of big, heady questions. Right. So we actually we had recorded a fake song that we thought would be at this point he hadn't released sorry we oh. hoped this would be the, the third and it was called why am i here which, so um I, I think that i think that those three songs in, in that whole album which yeah. ha, which was produced much of it by skrillex mm-hmm. is really astounding there yeah. was some amazing music on there so didn't chart to number one but uh, i think it was so cl- all of those songs were really close he got one he got one. Oh, that's uh, right what yeah. do you mean was there which is his first number one ever so okay, he ju- got he got the one he just got it in in time just between you and me yes where are you now sorry my favorite songs oh but, my god but <laughs> what, what do you mean also a great track uh, i actually really love sorry that's an awesome song it's a great song it really i'm gonna is. go listen to it on my commute back right now <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us. And for any of our listeners who need another pop podcast in their lives, which who doesn't, head to switchedonpop.com where you can subscribe to the podcast or follow at switchedonpop on Twitter. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks to Charlie Harding for that awesome interview. Boy, I wish I was here for it. (laughs) Um, Next time. We'll get you next time. Um, uh, Now it's time for another interview. Yeah, back to back interviews. Yeah, when this one was a, a a team effort, we're we're we're, we're stocking you guys up because we're not going to be around next week for the podcast. So we're giving you an extra long Ask the Pop Shop podcast with not one but two interviews, and this is actually a fairly substantial interview with Andy Grammer, pop star Andy Grammer, singer songwriter who's had a really good year with the song "Honey I'm Good," and also a number of star turns on TV. He was on Dancing with the Stars, and he. Uh, performed on a number of Christmas shows recently. So Andy came into the office here in L.A. and talked to both Katie and I. Um, Katie, what'd you, what you what you think of Andy? Um, Andy was awesome. And, you know, he's coming truly from the singer-songwriter perspective. So he talked a lot about crafting a hit song, which he's had this year with Honey, I'm Good. And um, just kind of always thinking about songwriting, um, always thinking about that next hit and he also kind of just reflected on his 2015 since it was such a big year for him, such yeah. a breakout year. I was also fascinated by how he's like so like grounded and humble Yeah, because he came to Los Angeles. I don't know where he's actually from. I, I should know that. But he used to like sing on the Santa Monica Promenade, which is this big sort of like shopping touristy area. And there was a lot of street performers and he used to just be a street performer. Yeah. And he used to like be a valet and, uh, you know, we talk about his new video where he plays a valet. Um, and I think that, you know, that really comes across where he just seems like he's like a really like cool, like down to earth dude who 
um, ha- yes, has had success, but at the same time has also come from a place where he didn't have success. Yep. Yep. Um, anyway, less less chat, more more chat, <laughs> less chat from us, more chat with Andy. Here's our interview with Andy Grammer on the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. No, no, honey, I'm good. I could have another, but I probably should not. I got somebody at home, and if I stay, I might not leave alone. Hello, Andy, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop podcast. Pop Shop, what's up? Uh, thanks for coming today. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. Hey. Um, you know, funny, we've actually met before. You won't remember. Um, it was at the Billboard Music Awards earlier this year. Yes, I was the, I was our red carpet monkey dude. <laughs> nice. And um, you were in a very shiny suit. I, I think it might have been like a dark blue or purple yeah. suit. Yes. Not like you remember all of your fashion yes, exactly. choices. Um, but the best part of it was after the show was over with, uh, back inside the MGM, and it had been like hours after the show. Um, I got into an elevator to go back up to a room to record a podcast. Oh, really? With uh, our my coworker Jason, and we got in and we looked over like, oh look, it's Andy Grammer. Yeah. And we're like, hey, and you're like, hey, hi, Andy Grammer. I'm like, we're, we're we're not interviewing you now, and he's like, and you're like, okay, all good. I'm like, we must have been like, hey, dorked out. What's up, Andy? <laughs> so, but you were you were nothing but lovely. Okay, good, yeah. good. It was all sure. great. Thank goodness. Well, and the Billboard Music Awards are one of many events that you went to this year because it's been kind of a gigantic 2015 for you. It's been so um, fun. Yeah, Honey, I'm Good hit number one on adult pop songs. It's your first top 10 hit yeah. on our Billboard Hot 100. Um, and now Good to Be Alive is your latest song to hit the charts. And yeah. What does it mean to have all these songs connecting with fans and, and finding new listeners? Oh, it's so awesome. To, it's all you want. You just want when you go into a room and sit at a piano and try to make something up, you really hope that it's going to be of service to people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't want to just make music so that nobody cares. And that happens most of the time. <laughs> so to have a couple in a row that are doing well is really, really great. Did, did, it, did it seem more... Um... Like, did it seem like you were more ready for it to happen this year? Because you'd had it, you've had success previously, sure. Um, but this year was like a, a big whoosh moment. Yeah, like yeah. everything like blew up. Did you feel like you were more prepared for it to happen because you've had like kind of like the road work behind you? I think so. I think that um, you know it, it, it happens quick uh, when you you know we're all as musicians we're all just trying to create something that actually like I said is actually of service. And so then when you have something like a Honey I'm Good that actually does catch fire and anywhere you play it it does its thing yeah that's like holy geez and then <laughs> and then you just get to go everywhere kind of riding the coattails of that i, I equate it to like surfing which i don't even do but i've done a couple times so it's totally appropriate to equate it to exactly something you don't do. well i've done i've done it a couple times and mostly what surfing is is you're out there just waiting right right yeah it's like hanging out waiting yep. and every wave that comes you're like this is it <laughs> and then it's not right it dies before it gets to you and then there's like one that comes that you get to ride all the way in and it's the best thing that's ever happened. Right. And so you try to just enjoy the moment when you have it. Like that, to me, that's what a hit song is. Yeah. You're just like riding it all the way down to the very, very end. And it's, it's been a blast. These yeah. are all very positive, upbeat waves coming at you too. Yeah. All the songs a, it's are, been a crazy year. They're so happy. Like all the songs, you like your, your songs just have just such a positive vibe and energy, mm. which I think probably is what's connecting. Yeah. You know, I think it's a, it's a dark place right now a little bit. Right. The world, yeah. you wake up and it's like, man, a lot going on. Yeah. And uh, so I think it's a lot about headspace, where people are. And yeah. And so it's, it, I always like to say that it's hard to write happy songs. Yeah. Those are some of the hardest to write because they get cheesy so fast. It happens immediately. You sit down and play like happy chords in the piano. I was like, nope. <laughs> so you got to like just keep working and, and figuring out how to bring the uh, the groundedness to it. Right. Yeah. That, that's what they, I, I, I read something where like if you look in history – um, like, depending on who the president in office is or where the state of the nation is at, if you look in the 80s with the Reagan era, it was very, like, you know, Cold War, the Iron Curtain, very serious. But then you have, like, Madonna singing Dress You Up. Right, you know, and, and you, you have this, it's this this converse. Whoa, where, I never thought of it that way. That's really know, cool. Where, you know, there's all this, like, it's an answer to what's going it's on. It's all this yeah. negative stuff happening, and you want an escape. And yeah. I, 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 and then I'll shut up. Well, <laughs> I won't shut up because I'm here. On. I'm going. Hey, I, I might host this thing. Yeah. Um, NPR did a story about they, they were analyzing like the beats per minute of like hit songs mm-hmm. on the Hot 100 chart, and the more up tempo fun songs came during like times of sort of like slow growth in the economy. Mm. Like people are looking for something upbeat and happy to make them feel good to sort of get away from all the negative stuff that's happening at home and on the news and hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. That's what Andy Grammer I mean, is providing. Yeah. Thank God. Andy's <laughs> I don't take myself that. too seriously, but I do believe that, um, that music is really important. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. like the same way that if you hurt your arm, you go to the doctor and he fixes it. I think that people walking around with broken spirit, that music can actually do that. So that, again, like I don't want to let it sound like it's so serious about what I'm doing, but I do take it. It's, it's important. Yeah. Like yeah. a good song can change your day. Yeah. And yeah. uh, on top of all the success on the radio, you also had Dancing with the Stars this year. Yeah. <laughs> you just wrapped that last month. And, and what was that experience like? Um, so intense. It yeah. Was, it was really, really intense. Yeah. It was really fun. It was kind of like being in a finals week in college, but every week for like two, <laughs> two and a half months. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. And now a flamingo dance. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea. No, no. It was, it was crazy. It, to, to do something that intense uh, that I don't know anything about was, right. was good in a way that was like just going after like being fearless being like yeah. sure I'll dance but I really don't know how <laughs> and other people that get on the show like kind of had some background in dance and I legitimately had none <laughs> and so I was hopefully the most improved that's the only flag that I can hope to wave but it was really fun did, did you have to endure like Bruno being like you know I've always loved when you take your shirt and like he jumps over the, the table and like thrusts himself they're at so you. entertaining the it was oh, amazing God. yeah actually the, the judges were a blast yeah yeah, yeah. But it is funny to stand there and take a lot of heat for something that you don't know how to do. <laughs> You're like, everyone. yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm I know. doing it not yeah. right. They're like, may I remind you, yeah. I may be a pop star. However. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about this current song, Good to Be Alive. Yes. You just released the video, and you play a valet yep. in the video, which we were told that you were a valet back oh, in the day. Oh, man, yeah, I did a lot of valeting. When I first got out here, I did... Street performing and valeting. Right. What do you say? On the promenade. On the promenade, yeah. yeah. And so it was a combination of those two things paid my rent. Man. So was that where the idea came from? The yeah, 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 yeah. Just kind of like, man, when I went to do Dancing with the Stars, the first photo shoot that they had me do, I pulled up and it was a place that I valeted. Oh my God. So I was like, this is kind of incredible. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah, this is amazing. And That's so it was, it was fun to do a whole video just kind of like remembering your roots. Yeah. And just being like, it's, you know, it's good to be alive wherever you're at. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and we were actually really excited because we recognized the valet from Ferris Bueller's Day Off yeah, pretty in cool, the video. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we got awesome. to bring him in. It was awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, really um, cool. The song itself, um, I, and I, it could be just me hearing things. I swear during the chorus, there's like a, a drum machine sound. Yeah. Like it's a, like a Lynn drum machine where it sounds like it's a prince, like when doves cry, like that. I can't do oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. But was, was that intentional or am I just on crack? Like, no, yeah, there's, I mean, it was. It's not, it's not a sample. I know that. But it's a, it's, it's a kind of drum machine from the There's a the lot of the drums something. in it make me so happy. This song is one of my favorite songs ever. It's the guy, really uh, fun. Ian Kirkpatrick produced it. He's, he's unbelievable. He, he did the uh, Want You to Want Me by Derulo. Aha. And he's been on a bunch of other amazing things. So after, like, it, this song was written after the album was put out. And I kind of got to go in and write with him and another guy named Ross Golan. And we went in and just kind of had a blast. Yeah. And once I heard that beat, he, we were, we were kind of working it out. And the first thing that came out was a melody. And then Ian put that the beat underneath it in the drop. And I was like, okay, this is amazing. Uh, this makes me so happy. Thank you. Yeah, there it that's, is. That's yeah. what that's it fun. is. That's, that's it. See, I yeah. can't do it. That's, yeah. Why, yeah, yeah. that's why you're here. And that's why you're on the charts. And we're just so making cool. the charts. Yeah. yeah. Well, and speaking of that beatboxing, we just saw you on the Christmas tree lighting. Yeah. And you did the version of Little Drummer Boy that yes. had the beatboxing in it. But then you also did John Lennon's Happy Christmas, mm -hmm. which both were like totally different performances. How did those two come about? Yeah. You know, well, it was funny because I, I got added to that a little bit later. Okay. And they hand you a list of songs that you that have already been taken. That have been cleared. Right. Oh. <laughs> You're like, and they're like, so here you go. If you could just do two Christmas songs, check it out. All the ones that everybody knows are gone. <laughs> right. So, go nuts. Oh, my God. Yeah. So um, can you write an original? <laughs> yeah. So then I had the little drummer boy actually went and checked out. There's a really cool version of Anthony Hamilton who did okay. it. Okay. And so it was my, a cool arrangement. what I just did was like pretty close to that. Okay. If you go listen to okay. Anthony Hamilton's, it was like, oh, Andy ripped that. Cool. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, we're not like selling it or anything, but I was like searching to find some way to make it still kind of, you know, interesting. Yeah. You know, and, totally. and that can go terrible too. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you flip a song too much and, and it's not good, then it's, you know. So it took a lot of time to to kind of get both those up to par. Yeah. And the John Lennon one, God, I love that. Oh, it's such a good song. I love him playing it in all my sets. It's yeah. It's such a good song. Yeah, that's very cool. And uh, because it's that time of year, do you have any favorite holiday songs? Right now it's the John Lennon one. Yeah. Man, it is such a sweet song. And with everything that's happening, uh, you know, it's just happening in Paris. And yeah. It, at the end, you have the whole crowd saying, war is over. Yeah. If you want it, war is over now. And you have everybody sing that in a loop. And it's like, whoa. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. 
John Lennon's pretty good at what he does. Hey, you just got you, know. you just got Andy to sing. So. No, yeah, accidentally. Yeah. So, yeah. we, 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 we may owe you money now. Yeah, yeah. okay, yeah. cool. Unfor- unfortunately, we have a very small budget for this, so um, please don't bill us. But actually, right after Paris Coldplay performed, and they did Imagine by John Lennon too. So clearly, mm. he just wrote those songs that make sense in a moment. Like yeah, this. the Paris thing hit a bunch of us all hard just because yeah. it was at a it was a show. Yeah. Exactly, it's music. I know that it's all like there's been a lot of terror stuff that happens that you're like, oh man, that is terrible. Mm-hmm. But when it happens at a show, that was the first. I was like, this is crazy. It just makes you think of you, it hits home. Anyone could be yeah, at yeah, that yeah. show. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, bummer. Yeah. Anyway, do you think you'd ever do a Christmas album, maybe with um, Happy Christmas on it? I don't know about the album. I, you know, I've, someone is, had to have asked you about this. Yeah, a lot of people like have asked someone me at already. a label. Is just like, hey, yeah, 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 they want. Can they, we get out of? Yeah, Christmas I'm not album? sure where I stand on the Christmas okay. album yet. Yeah, but it is fun to go play them. At yeah. Places, yeah, well, you have a good start. You got yeah, two good work, ones. We're working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you're also performing at the New Year's Rocking Eve. Yes. So that's coming right up. Uh, what are you expecting from that? Or should what should be, we expect? Did, should, did, did you you already recorded it? Right. What? No. <laughs> are you talking about? What do you dude? mean? Be there on Don't December thirty first. <laughs> Look, we all saw that Friends episode where Ross and Rachel, not Ross and Rachel, but um, uh, Ross and Monica. You're looking like, at me like I should know. You don't watch Friends? I did, but I don't know this one. Did, did you watch Friends? I did watch Friends, of course. Okay, so there was a whole episode <laughs> where Monica was like determined to get to the LA taping, the taping um. version of the Dick Clark, and she was always trying to get on camera and like dance. <laughs> so awesome. So like we all know it's taped yeah, yeah, yeah but yours may not be taped yours um, may actually be live that evening i don't know anything about it i know nothing about it they, they've clearly told you something yes they've and gotten i'm, to I'm already. looking forward to doing it you're looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> so excited what, what? i mean it's been awesome to be at all these um kind of high profile events yeah. it's like a real dream macy's parade too. macy's yeah. parade i got to do this christmas tree lighting yeah. hang out with like sting that's what's so yeah. fun about these yeah. things is that you get to like see a bunch of people that you admire at all these big events. Totally. Have you met Sting um, before? I never met Sting before, and yeah. it was awesome. How was that? He's as cool as you're I like, think he is. Hello, I'm Andy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Sting. I'm Sting. Yeah, he was. He was amazing. You are. That's yeah. Indeed. Yeah. And he's somebody. I mean, as a singer songwriter, I'm sure that you've you know look up looked up to. Yeah, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of songs. Yeah. So when I think of the people that inspire me, it's people that I've seen like consistently get good songs. Yep. Which is really really hard to do. It's like. <laughs> Someone like him who over such a long career continued to put out like really in, like hit songs. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Anybody that does that uh, over time, um, I'm inspired by. Yeah. Yeah. And we've been saying what a big year it's been for you. But like, can you encapsulate what has this 2015 meant for you and for your career? Um, you know, just a lot of like places that that you 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 hope that you'll eventually be. But you, you don't know if it will actually happen. Right. You know, and a lot of like walls got broken down. For me, that were really important, just for my own mind. Yeah. Uh, you know, to go for, as someone who started as a street performer, and you have to like have this weird balance of being humble because that's how humans are supposed to be, yeah. and it's <laughs> it's terrible if you have a huge ego. Right. But then what? But if you're on the street and you're like, I think that I could be on the radio. Mm-hmm. What? Is, where does that land? Yeah. That's not really humble, but you got to think that you way. You got to have the confidence right? for so you it. Have to yeah. Find some weird place to believe that like I. I could do that. Maybe I don't deserve it, but it's possible. Yeah. So your brain goes like, I could be on Z100. I, I, I could if things go right. Or I could. All these these things that have never happened before, uh, there were a bunch of those that happened this year. Yeah. So that was really kind of kind of fantastic. And this means you're going to go back to the promenade in Santa Monica and perform soon, right? <laughs> yeah. Just head back. Have, have you ever done that? Have you ever gone back since then? I like, have. You know, like, a lot of people go out there. They ha- like It's not, you know, have heard of me when they go, go out to the street sometimes. So when I walk that through, they go like, hey, it's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. Like, be mid-song, be like, ah! <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes I'll like walk over and sing whatever they're singing with them. Or It's a really cool, kind of incredible thing to go out there. Uh, sometimes it feels like the story that I'm telling is about somebody else. You know, wow. to have been on the street and performing and making 20 bucks, some days making 100, some days making 500, just at selling CDs and being that, that low on the chain to then having some of these things happen this year is just truly incredible. And I think it keeps you, it does keep you humble. Yeah. Because any, yeah. anytime anything big happens, it's like, man, I was on the street. Yeah. I wasn't homeless, but I was like, that's how I made all my money. So. And, you know, you were having big dreams back then. Now where you are right here, right now, what are you looking forward to next? You know, um, I'm still just looking for, for, for songs. Like, what's my next, what's the next thing I want to say? Who do I so what does the next sound like? Are you always thinking about that? Yeah. Yeah. To me, it really is. It's like, 
how do you continue to write songs that are incredible? Yeah. Because it's so so much harder than it sounds. Like, you can just write. Because what I learned on the street was, if you want to get someone to stop and buy your CD, the level of holy shit they have to feel to do <laughs> right. that is really high. Right. Yeah. Right? Now, you're going out, you're getting jeans, you're, like, walking by and some guy's singing a song. Right. If he's, on on 1 to 10, if he's, like, an 8, you're like, cool, that, that guy's, like, really good. Yeah. It has to be, like, 11 for you to stop <laughs> your direction in life. Put your bag down and go like, hold hmm. on, what the hell is this? You know, <laughs> and then you have to close them, and then so to get that thing to actually happen, where they're like, okay, you know what, you're awesome. Here's ten bucks, and I need whatever you have. Right. That is so hard to do, and your song has to be so freaking good. And I think the same thing when you, when someone hears a song on the radio, like when was the last time you heard a song on the radio? You're like, I need that. Yeah. I'm gonna what stop is this? what I'm I doing to... and I'm gonna buy it. Yep. That is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> to get to get that <laughs> feeling is like nearly impossible. But you're doing it. And so yeah, so to, so <laughs> to me when you ask me like what what is coming up next, it's like just more of like how the hell do I do that? Yeah, again? yeah. Just keep Capture trying to get that yep. because uh, that is what makes everybody so happy. Yes, that's like that's when you're in your car and and you and you actually can affect someone. That's a kind of that's an incredible thing to be that's able to do. Seems like a perfect note to end on. We yeah. really appreciate you coming in today. Thank this was you so awesome. Much. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so much, Andy. Woohoo! <laughs> I know it's hard, know it's hard to remember sometimes But you gotta keep your head up, oh, and you can let your head down Thanks again to Andy Grammer for coming in and taking time out of his day to come into the office And congratulations on your gigantic 2015 Yes, absolutely um, now it is time for the chart stat of the week, yeah. holiday edition Holiday edition Holiday <laughs> That sounded really, really creepy. <laughs> uh, we actually have, it's, it's sort of a dual chart set of the week. We have two short bits about two different holiday songs. The first is this week in 1949. Well, actually, next week in 1949. <laughs> December 31st, 1949, Gene Autry's iconic recording of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer hit number one on the Best Sellers in Stores chart. The Best Sellers in Stores chart was actually the uh, sort of precursor to the Billboard Hot 100. It was the the chart that ranked the top-selling songs in stores that week. Um, and we consider it kind of effectively what would be the, top, the number one song in the country that week. Um, so back in 1949, this week, Gene Autry hit number one with Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. The song was originally turned down by the likes of Perry Como, Bing Crosby, and Dinah Shore. Gene Autry eventually recorded it. Um, he recorded it actually on June 27th, 1949, and it's been recorded by more than 500 artists. Wow. Yeah, that's, he's done pretty well. Um, the, basically, the legend goes, uh, I, I, he didn't really like the song so much when he recorded it, but eventually uh, it became such a, a sort of classic for him. that I, It's one of those songs where it's like you embrace it. Yeah. Um, so I think initially they were like, what is this thing? Rudolph, Red, Red Nose, oh, come on, <laughs> really? And then it turned in to become this iconic classic. Um, so there's the, the first uh, chunk of our chart set of the week about Gene Autry. And our second half is actually about this week in 1999 on the chart dated, on the Hot 100 chart dated December 25th, 1999, Kenny G's rendition of All Lang Syne debuted on the Hot 100, the first and so far only version of the song to chart on the list. Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, it peaked at number seven a couple uh, weeks later, right after... Number seven? Yeah, it was t- it was in the top ten for two weeks. Wow. Well, a lot of people played it right around New Year's. Yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. But that's my favorite New Year's song, If You Care. Sure, why is, not? what are you doing New Year's Eve? Who does that? Well, my favorite version is Harry Connick Jr. Oh, you love Harry Connick Jr. But I also love She and Him did a version, too. You should get Harry Connick Jr. on the pop shop. Oh, Please, yeah, Idol, final season of yeah. Idol, absolutely. Make that happen. Okay. Um, <laughs> so this week in 1999, Kenny G uh, hit the top 10 with Old Lang Syne. Well, actually, he debuted on the chart, hit the top 10 a few weeks later. Um, I have nothing more to say about Old Lang Syne and Kenny G. I just thought it was fun to talk about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and uh, Old Lang Syne. I totally agree. And I was really happy with how many of our Ask the Pop Shop questions were holiday-themed. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you for giving us holiday-themed stuff. <laughs> Um, as always, make sure you subscribe to the Pop Shop podcast on iTunes. 
um, so you don't miss a single episode and give us a review or rating if you can. It's the end of the year, so if you're feeling generous and you want to give us a nice review, if you haven't had time to review us yet. It's a great Christmas present for us. Take the time out. <laughs> Drop us a review. Uh, tell a friend. Absolutely. Sh- share. share sh- do a little promotion for us. <laughs> we, 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 we can only promote so much. And it seems better and more authentic if you do a little promotion for us. Yeah, that's right. Because it, se- it seems like it's more, uh, more from the heart. I agree. If our listeners are telling other listeners. What a good holiday message. Yeah, it's a good holiday (laughs) message. Can you just pimp us a little bit? Um, That's that's all I got, unfortunately. Um, uh, Don't come back next week because we will not be here. (laughs) We'll Um, be back in 2016. We will see you at the top of the year. We hope everyone has a a lovely uh, holiday season. I also want to say a special uh, shout out to uh, Jason Lipschutz, um, who uh, started the Pop Shop podcast uh, with me. Uh, a little over two years ago, uh, he left the show earlier this year to go on to uh, Brighter Pastures and uh, Brighter Pastures, Greener Pastures. <laughs> Those pastures can be bright. <laughs> um, but the pop shop would not be what it is without Jason. And uh, so, hi, Jason. Hi, Jason. We know you listen sometimes. <laughs> I'll make sure I tell you to listen to this one. We hope, we hope, we hope you have a happy holiday, Jason. Yes. And... Uh, we hope everyone that's listening has a, a fabulous uh, Christmas and New Year's or whatever holiday you choose to or choose not to celebrate. Take your pick. <laughs> pick a holiday, celebrate it, or don't. Uh, it's, it's up to you. Uh, <laughs> do you have anything else to say, Katie? Oh, just Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to everybody, um, and see you in 2016. Bye. Bye. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose. And if you ever saw it. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.